Welcome to Anarchists and Androids. I'm Parenthesis I, and I'm joined with Logar the Barbarian. <laughs> and today we'll be talking about the movie, uh, The Menu, that Ooh. came out in November of last year, 2022. Oh, no, what's on the menu? I'm hungry. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> it's all, yeah, like foodie kind of culture, like, you know, high class food culture. So uh, I'm going to put this out there just front and center before we do this episode there will be spoilers <laughs> yeah, pretty much everything we talk about contains spoilers <laughs> there will be spoilers so listen further uh, uh we will spoil the movie for you i might leave spoil, the food. <laughs> spoil the food no. yeah. spoil here's, the food so here's my question and, and and i probably should have looked this up before we started recording but some of the stuff we see in this movie or in this movie the food like like the first thing they bring out so set the stage really rich people go to an island to this secluded restaurant by owned by a billionaire in this oh, yeah. this what, yeah this like famous chef, chef guy yeah. yeah i think he has like a tv show too so he's like has like a chef cooking show <laughs> and um and things start getting strange but like like they get into really weird foods and like everything that they eat and consume is grown there on the island and they're really into like the ingredients and they have this whole uh i guess we'll say a cast of workers on the island who are waking who are working all day 16 hour days getting 4 hours of sleep getting up <laughs> making everything perfect this is the way they kind of portray it when they when they get in there and and they present this menu. Now, the first the first thing they put out looks like a rock with like little, I don't know, an ecosystem of things on it. Like, do, is, oh yeah, is this is this stuff that people rich people really do? Oh, I, well, I mean, <laughs> I know is I've this, never eaten stuff like that. But is this but, stuff that, or is this just made for the movie to be absurd? Is my question. Is this rich people? I would believe that rich people would, if you did this to rich people, put it in front of them and told them that it was high class, that they'd eat it up. But I'm not. I don't know if they really do that. That that absurd of stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, I think like early on, like the chef, the main, like the island restaurant place is owned by that famous chef guy, and uh, like in the beginning, he said like, "Don't eat the food, taste it." Well, here's an, it. <laughs> here's an important distinction: is the chef does not own anything on the island. A billionaire does, like an Elon Musk type character. We don't really mm. get a lot of. We don't get a lot of interaction with his character. Oh, is he in the movie? I don't remember. Yes, that guy. yes, he's oh. the angel. The angel. You remember? Oh. Yes. So, so if you didn't catch, it, oh, they, I do remember. Yeah, then they kill the him. Angel, <laughs> they yeah. kill the angel. Yeah. He's the owner of everything here. Yeah. So, so at some point in time in the movie, they come in and say, "Well, who's the owner?" He says, "Well, it's changing hands right now." Yeah, because because what what essentially occurs is the kitchen staff and everybody is revolting against the rich and killing them. <laughs> yeah. which i love but <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah it's well, it kind of it, basically they reveal that that the chef kind of runs like a murder suicide cult mm -hmm. <laughs> where he's the charismatic leader which is something i want to get into because because what we see here is a lot of times when we're talking so i'm going to put this out there the very front of this 100 i i i i I love and hate this movie in, in different ways. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I, it's a love-hate relationship. It's fascinating to look at. And it very much is. It's got themes of class consciousness and revolution. But at the same time, when it presents those themes, 
it presents it as, like you said, a suicide cult. Now, there's an important scene in there, and it, it goes back to a show to us. Who who was it that that um there was a there was a saying? What was the phrase? There was a saying at some point in time by some famous social political figure that said, what difference is it to me who is essentially the oppressor? And that's what we see in Anna Taylor Joy's character. She comes in. She's not supposed to be there. She's a working class person, not a filthy rich person. Well, she's supposed a paid to... escort. Yeah, like she's a paid a, escort. Yeah, girlfriend for a night. Essentially. <laughs> yeah. And and she comes in and they're like, oh, well, you're you're not supposed to be there. You're not one of the rich. So they give her the opportunity to choose. if She's going to be a part of the kitchen staff and the working class or she's going to be slaughtered with the rich. Now, the catch <laughs> is in this the working class's revolution is a death cult. And what she says is she says, well, what difference? She's ambivalent to whether or not which side she would choose because he says we're all going to kill ourselves after we yeah. kill the rich. Yeah, like everyone's going to die here tonight. So it yeah. seems very much like this capitalist like approach to like the whole Red Scare thing when I see this and how it's presented in the United States. It's always presented as like, oh, well, yeah, if the workers rise up, but you're just gonna die of famine, and you're just gonna and all these 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 messages we get here about how bad it would be if the rich were overthrown, essentially, and that's what we're kind of seeing. Whereas I see her character sort of represents a liberal American individualism throughout it. Oh well, I mean, with her is interesting to like <laughs> skip straight to the very end of the movie. It's like, <laughs> like you know, she gets away and she's like the working class American hero escaping with a hamburger and fries. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, it's, so. and then the hamburger and fries scene is is one that I definitely want to talk about a little more because there's some interesting stuff going on there as well. <laughs> yeah. But so, like for you, yeah, like you kept on thinking of Red Scare, and I kept on thinking of. Two things, like uh, in the world of movies, I compare it to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, but for yes. adults instead of for children. <laughs> and, and in the real world, uh, I've been was thinking about the Jonestown massacre and Jim Jones and the People's Temper. You know, I I was thinking about Jim Jones and the Jonestown massacre as well when I watched it because it reminded me very much of that. There's a whole like we're all gonna we're gonna kill the rich, and we're gonna kill ourselves as well. And and they turn everybody into a giant s'more and burn and burn them up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's the yeah. end of the movie. Everybody, everybody's a s'more. You're all dead. <laughs> yeah. And so, like similarly, like the Jonestown People's Temple, you know, like they they had a their ideology was like a blend of some kind of Marxism, communism, yes. socialism, but combined with like uh, Christian and religious sentiment and all that. And that's kind of what the chef had too. He had this idea of like. The eaters are the takers, you know, they're, they're like like the capitalists. And then like the service industry workers are like the makers, they, the chefs, the cooks and all that. They're preparing the stuff for the capitalist class. But now that you mention it, too, I want to point out that he very much has a religious side to this that is a little bit more uh, new agey. I don't want to say I don't want to say Buddhist or something like that, but there was an element of mindfulness that's there because he's talking about all the different entrees he brings out and just enjoying oh. them, being present, being mindful of what you're tasting. So there's a a oh, yeah. sort of new new age style of religiosity he's introducing into this socio-political cult type thing, which yeah. again takes me back to the whole Red Scare thing and 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 kind of how a lot of uh 
conservatives view liberals as <laughs> being in a new age anti-capitalist death cult. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and interesting, like at one point they referred to it like it's all part of the menu. And so the, the menu like has this larger idea. I guess it's kind of like a the grand plan for like life and how you live your life in a very detailed, mindful particular way of everything you do every motion and stuff yeah and you can tell like it's like really well choreographed and stuff like he would regularly like when he would clap his hands in a certain way everyone stands to attention and what also to that the menu itself if you listen to him talking he seems very much like he's concerned about the ecosystem the natural nature there itself almost as if like like a part of the the cultic um approach to their 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 whole thing is somewhere in the green new deal or something like that <laughs> uh, or, or maybe like in the larger sense the whole ecosystem is the menu yes. <laughs> it's, it's all organized it's all particular it's, yeah. it's not necessarily the made for the the individual to taste but they're kind of trying to represent some sort of larger frightening representation of a collective in a sense oh yeah when they show that at the very beginning yeah Yeah, when when they first go into the island before they even go into the restaurant they see the sleeping quarters of the staff and it's all like very spartan bare bones like the bare minimum you need to survive to be able to work and that's when you find out they're working like 16 hour days and getting four hours of sleep at night yeah yeah. (laughs) so they're like oh well if the workers are able to take control it's just Misery and slavery of work. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> well, well, I mean, for me, like, it reminded me of like cult like devotion. Yeah. Which, in a way, also kind of connects to the military, too. Like, because isn't the military kind of sleeping barracks like that? You're right, though. I think the point is to point out, I think the point is that they're, they're painting the group with the class consciousness as cult like devotion to the point where he's even talking about. If you held on to a class conscious ideology like you're being represented in some of these scenes where he's pointing out the server, the server, the, what sort of the, the authoritarian domination of capitalism and its impact on the working class's life, which is kind of brought up in a few of the different interactions and monologues there. What the way he responds to it, the wording he uses is interesting. Because usually when somebody's talking about that, they're going to say your class or something along those lines. But instead, they chose to give him lines like, stay here with your breed, which is leaning more into kind of like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, oh, uh, uh, not, what is it? What was it? They did the whole science with their measuring oh, so like, skulls. And, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, my but, brain's farting. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, it's but, kind of like a pseudoscience that like, you know, yeah. it started, was popular in the, about a hundred years ago. Yeah. And I think yeah. then the Nazis took it on and stuff yes. too. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So you got this whole mm. like, like breed as opposed to class consciousness. It's kind of like an arbitrary class consciousness, the way that they understand it, present it and approach it to the point where class itself isn't as important as which size you're choosing. Cause Anna Taylor joy has a choice to choose to be posh and wealthy side or the the working class side but either way it's because they're gonna rise up she's gonna die no matter what yeah and that whole dynamic in the writing kind of in my mind kind of reveals where it is these people perceive these ideas and whatnot but but, like in a way though 
like it is something of a recurring phenomenon of like these kind of groups that are kind of anti-capitalist cults that are kind of death focused in some yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. Like Definitely. like the Jimmy Jones thing was a thing, and that is there, no doubt. I think I, I want to point out that like right now in the United States, there's something similar going occurring, even on the right. And like I listen to a lot of right wing talk radio and they're starting to uh, have a lot of like I, I heard a, a really big, well-known right wing pundit recently talking about the, the the these corporations and the power they hold and stuff like that and saying things like, hey, wait, the left was kind of right that these corporations are something to fear. We need to pay attention to it. So they're kind of infusing that in with some of the more um, nasty culture war stuff when they present something like that and when they're saying this they're not rejecting capitalism just a few corporations and oftentimes some yeah. of these people even calling these companies communist companies they're oh, literal yeah. capitalist countries companies like a literal capitalist com company calling it a communist company is absurd it's literally the opposite of what oh, communism yeah. is <laughs> so i'm pointing that out there that there is that like realization of class consciousness is not always uh it's 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 hard for people to grasp sometimes and they seek for a different thing to blame without really kind of hanging their hook on that anti-capitalism and is often used to be deceptive to folk to kind of ha have them turn on each other like oh look here's the baddie it's not really those in power it's whatever you know Oh yeah. Well, and then and likewise, you could say that, like, that that group on the island, Hawthorne, they call it, it was the name of the island. Like, uh, that they didn't have any serious understanding of how capitalism works because if you like kill a few upper class people, that doesn't really change anything about the systems and structures of capitalism <laughs> and private property. Yeah, yeah. The systems yeah. still stay in place. Like, just because old dude's dead doesn't mean all of his wealth defaults to the chef. Now, I guess there could be an argument made like you don't know what kind of legal entanglements he set up for this whole thing because it seemed to be very well planned. But yeah. just, just just killing the boss in a capitalist society isn't going to end capitalism if you kill your boss. Now, I will put out that in Spain in 36, as people were revolting, a lot of the anarchists did take their bosses out back and some of them were like, hey, you got a chance. You can leave town with your family. Or uh, we got this shotgun. It's your time's up. That that was a thing that happened when they, <laughs> during the Spanish Civil War. So I mean, taking the boss out isn't unheard of. <laughs> no, yeah. But like in the movie, they didn't present anything about like how their ideal new society would function. No, there was yeah. nothing that. It's just fear yeah. of the class consciousness and the rising up of the workers is what's presented. Is because it's there's presenting those who are challenging that authority of wealth and power and capitalism as a nightmare, as a thing to be afraid of. It's a horror film. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of a horror slasher film. Yeah, to some extent. But oh, one thing I wanted to point out, I love the fact how Hong Chao was in this movie. And she was the actress that played Lady True in the Watchmen series. Yeah. Oh, was she? I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. I haven't. Uh, oh, I, oh, the Watchmen series on HBO? Yeah. We're talking now that's one we're gonna have to go oh, look yeah. at at oh, some I love point that in time one. in yeah. the future. It's it's really good. It's got <laughs> it's got better <laughs> better messages than the menu in it. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Alan Moore too. Just I feel it was a good successor to Alan Moore because Alan Moore has 
a lot to say that of that's of value. Yeah, yeah. And then later on, Damon Lindelof, who did the Watchmen series, yeah, mm-hmm. the, the heir, to Alan. Yes, Moore. the Alan yeah. Moore heir. But at one point, yeah, the Hong Chao she said to one of the the guests. You will eat less than you desire and more than you deserve. <laughs> <laughs> and that kind of thing. It totally also then reminded me of stuff like the, was it like Pol Pot and the Khmer Rouge in Khmer, Cambodia? And then also the Chinese Cultural Revolution. This kind of, you know, mass, basically execution of like, you know, upper class people. Yeah, Which, which is, uh, you know, it, it, when you're... When you're in war, people people die, and I think that, and then that's one thing I like to like. I like to put out there that I am empathetic of Mao, of people oh. of Mao and the revolution. Now, I, and I'm going to put something out there how I kind of perceive this is why I'm I tend to be like a little defensive when it comes to people like Che Guevara, Mao, uh, and even North Korea. Whoa, <laughs> I, I'm pretty defensive of them now. And my defense kind of comes from the way that they're presented in the United States. I'm an anarchist, so I'm kind of like looking for the same thing that uh, the idealized communism is looking for, right? The the stateless, classless society. We agree there, correct? I'm not sure that that, uh, there's a direct, this has to go this way. In order to reach that, it has to go X, Y, Z. And that's one thing that Mao said, that the, the forms of revolution will change. Now, a lot of times in the U.S., the messages we get about these countries in like uh, like Castro, Fidel Castro specifically, is like, oh, they killed so many people. They kill people. Now, I feel that that is coming out of a place of not acknowledging that a state necessarily is a monopoly on violence for the most part. The United States is constantly killing people, both within its boundaries and externally. So if we're going to be like, oh, they were terrible because they killed the opposition, I'm going to put the brakes on and be like, wait a minute, that's a state. So if we're talking within the context of a state, yes, there will be death. Yeah, that, will be yeah that's what states do. That's what yeah. states do. <laughs> yeah. One state like like Cuba has focused their resources on making sure there's no homeless, making sure everybody has access to health care. When it comes to a bias for a state, I would rather it do that than making sure that those at top keep on consuming the rest of the world and destroying it. So the difference between like, well, yeah, there is death and murder by a state. That's a given. But we tend to do more pearl clutching when it's done by a state that is opposing capitalism, which often has nowhere near the death count of a capitalist state. (laughs) So that tends to be my take on that. Like, sure, a state's going to kill and murder. That's what happens. (laughs) Thoughts? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like... Yeah, I guess uh, I don't know. For me, like I guess I hate all these states. Right? Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. not. I'm not. I'm not saying that uh, one is like, hey, that's my favorite. I'm gonna. I want that state. Yeah. But there's varying degrees of horrible and good things states do in general. Like if our state is our country is busy trying to, you know, pump more money to the top. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of worse. <laughs> While it's yeah. killing everybody to do it. <laughs> oh, yeah, because like actually, right before this podcast, I was reading some on Wikipedia about the Khmer Rouge and stuff, and then also some about the Jonestown, and definitely yes. like uh, they're all like horrible m- murder suicide kind of places situations. But like definitely, the Khmer Rouge was like amped up to like exponentially more people as far mm-hmm. as like mass murder goes compared yeah. to Jonestown. 
Yeah, and this uh, in the menu, this is so much more comparable in scale to like what you see in cults and stuff. Yes, and and cults is also something I have had more experience with in my life, more so <laughs> than with you know communist governments. Yeah, well, I I have more experience with uh, with with large states mm -hmm. than I do with cults, considering oh. I was literally property of the United States Marine Corps for five. Oh yeah, years plus yeah, years. and the, the cult like indoctrination <laughs> techniques and stuff too. That, oh yeah, in fact, I think that the cult indoctrination technique was. The thing that put the old website on people's radar because when i had released the uh what was it called the, the article i had written about about the marine corps i wrote a series of articles kind of talking about how how boot camp was and the like the deprival the deprivation of senses and things like that and made a parallel to how some of these cults worked and how you were conditioned within the military coming up in basic training was very much a thing. Like there was a lot of parallels that I had found there. And that's what the articles that I had put on the blog that started, that, that was when uh, antiwar.com first reached out to me and people started reading that little blog I had for a few years. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> anyway, it's a sidetrack. Now yeah. back to the movie. Is there, there's a lot in there that I still want to cover that we haven't unpacked. I feel, are there any that you want to specifically point out in that? Oh, yeah. One thing I would like, the chef had a few lines and stuff that seemed notable. Like one is like, uh, do you yes, want to die don't. with those who give or with those who take? And so he definitely had a very binary outlook on the whole mm -hmm. world, you know, the good people and the bad people and all that. Yeah. And so very simplistic. But then also, uh, I've been fooled into trying to satisfy people who can never be satisfied. And I like that <laughs> one because that's 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 the encapsulation of like capitalism you can't you can't satisfy the capitalism it's constant growth the shareholders need more i was a big yeah. fan of that because but at the same time where is this coming from this is coming from the hannibal lecter of the movie <laughs> oh yeah, yeah but then it also makes you wonder like if somebody was satisfied and they said good job and just give the guy a hug none of this would have happened right? <laughs> <laughs> he just wanted someone to say thank you <laughs> yeah these people are uh I, i'm bringing up like the idea of like suicide bombers and things like that yeah. and kind of like to the point where okay i'm gonna go kill myself for the cause you got literally people in this film taking their own lives for this cause for the menu oh like that one guy that committed suicide in front of all the guests and stuff yes and the, so he pulls yeah. out his gun he just takes his life for the menu it's this whole idea like oh they're they're, they're so dedicated to the menu. I'm, I'm assuming the menu being the either the program or the party or the ideal that yeah. they're trying, the overall ideal. Because the menu is presented as an overarching concept, as this yeah. greater thing that's greater than all of us, this ideology that transcends higher than us. Again, going yeah. back into my, <laughs> my kind of initial critique that this is very red scare. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and more red scare than Heaven's Gate, for example. Yes, more red scare than Heaven's Gate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because the overall greater concept that and, and I'll point out too that this coming out within a from a massive capitalist con company and a capitalist country and all that does influence it and in where its bias lies. Also makes me pause to think, okay, what are they, what exactly are we being presented here? And there is a current trend to be like, okay, we have to acknowledge some of the social ills, but we got to make sure that people aren't ready for revolutionary action. They don't want it. We don't want them to eat the rich. That's the scary part. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And 
And Those like, are the baddies. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, so another thing that, that the chef said is like, what happens to an artist when he loses his purpose? Pitiful. <laughs> and so <laughs> then you can talk about like the whole thing that happens in capitalism when like artists and musicians and all oh, that yeah. like lose their, their creative spark and life and energy like that and just become like a producer of content. <laughs> it's the story of my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I like that. And, and that ties in, too, I feel, because earlier in the movie, he's talking to her and he's telling her that there's he's lost this joy of 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 just of just making food for somebody to enjoy. And he says something like that. And you realize that he's lost that that love for it. And when yeah. she confronts him, Anna Taylor Joy, I will call her Magic because she's the one who played Magic in the New Mutants uh, movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Margot, I think, is her name in this. Yeah, and we have, and she's coming with Beast, the, the fellow who played Beast in the the newer X Men oh, Fox wow. movies as well. So we got Magic and Beast arrive on the scene. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and they <laughs> meet Lady True. Yes. <laughs> so Magic and Beast arrive there, and she she confronts him about the food the pretentious food he's creating for these rich people. And she says, I'm hungry. He says, what do you want? I don't like your food, she says. She says, what do you want? I want a cheeseburger. And you see at some point in time as she's digging through that she has a, uh, she runs across a picture of him at like a, like a little food truck when he's young, making yeah, a like a burger joint. Yeah, yeah. Making cheeseburger. He's like, I will make you the best cheeseburger. So that's where that, 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 that cheeseburger of freedom comes in. <laughs> oh, and she kind of, yeah. implants the idea of like setting her free by saying, I'll get it to go. And so that implies yeah. that she will go. Just <laughs> being able to go in and order my food to go. Is the is 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 what what freedom's all about? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and then she yeah she's given a boat and she sails away. Oh, but yeah, and 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 it is. It's like he he gets into this burger, cooking it up, because finally he's he's got somebody to impress with his food as he was down about. She's got this young woman who he's been getting to know and trying to figure out what to do because she's not supposed to be there and everybody's getting killed and she's been trying to find a way out. And she kind of finds her way out in giving him that opportunity to make that sloppy cheeseburger delicious. That yeah. you would just yeah, and, and I, I, that's kind of the you know the, the route to freedom there, finding your joy again in your yeah. craft. <laughs> yeah, and and they they give a quote actually too of Martin Luther King, oddly enough. Oh <laughs> yeah, let's talk movie. about that. Yeah, freedom is uh, never voluntarily given by the oppressor; it must be demanded by the oppressed. That's very true. Yeah. <laughs> but it seemed kind of random in a way because it seemed like they were so focused on like it was like a performance art piece, so to speak, for the whole island of Hawthorne. And so it seemed kind of random to me to like suddenly have Martin Luther King quoted and talking about oppression. <laughs> yeah. Because so, so they kind of got going into both. Yeah, they go into class stuff a little bit, but then they also go into like it's like an elaborate performance art thing called the menu. So it's kind of a mixture of multiple things. It's not really entirely one thing or another. I would say it very much falls into that um, very conservative, liberal perception of what like a leftist is. They're like just full of crap and all this crazy fancy art shit, (laughs) you know, and they've got this, oh, these weird ideology, but they don't know the impact. Their ideology is just a death cult. (laughs) <laughs> that's kind of what i take from the way it's presented in a sense it's it's very much playing into some of those 
biases and confer- almost like uh, backing them up or confirming some of those mm. narratives that occur within a capitalist liberal society. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At one point, uh, like one person who's like the girlfriend of like a movie star guy, like, you know, she tries to make the case that she should live because she's not really part of the upper class and all that. And then the chef asked, like, did you go to college? She said, yes. And she went to Brown University and then asked, uh, OK, well, do you have you paid off all your student loans? And she said, yes. It's like, OK, then you're going to well, die. It wasn't have you paid <laughs> off. It's like, did you did you take student loans? Oh, yeah. yeah. She didn't take out student loans, thus a class indicator that she didn't have to borrow the money. She had the money. Mom oh. and dad had the money. <laughs> So it's like, yeah, like whether or not you have student loans, it like decides whether you live or die in this group. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, my empathies, if I had to choose a side, I probably shouldn't say which side my empathies lie on. Because so there are times in this, I was like, oh, well, I'm with the bad guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, the bad guys are my team. <laughs> At one point, Margot says like to the chef, uh, you cook with obsession, not with love. And so... It comes down to all you need is love. <laughs> all you need, yeah. All you need is love, and there's that whole like uh, peace, nonviolence will change the world if we just sit yeah. down and hold hands, type of thing. Well, yeah, because they did quote Martin Luther King, so there. Yeah, <laughs> very much. I'd say that is is very in contrast to someone like Ward Churchill, who who has books out like like. Uh, what was that? What's his? On the title? justice of roosting chickens. Yeah. Yes, but there, there's the there's the other one that he did specifically on nonviolence. What was that called? Oh uh, yeah, pacifism as pathology. Yes, pacifism as pathology, which I think has some good points there to be made. But again, they're going back into into kind of pushing that whole narrative <laughs> that Ward Churchill kind of pulled up and and challenged his pacifism, you know, itself. So. Is there any other elements to this that you picked up on that we should probably talk about before this episode's over? Because we're coming really close on time. Wait, I get, I find it yeah interesting. At one point, like the chef said to the Margot character, "I know a fellow service industry worker when I see one." Yes, <laughs> like you can smell them out. <laughs> and there's I, I I I worked at a burger joint when I was in high school and before I joined the Marine Corps. I even waited tables. I didn't join the Marine Corps till sometime in my twenties. I was working and whatnot, so I had that experience in the service industry. I don't feel that like sniffing out other service industry people was a thing that I got into, but I didn't stay in it that long. But I I do have an ability to often sniff out other marines in certain situations uh-huh. <laughs> there's little cues and things i'll pick up on sometimes and i think others will as well like, oh that's another marine yeah. <laughs> so that does happen and then also the chef says uh, the beauty of these creations lies in their ephemeral nature uh yeah i don't i don't i think that that's just kind of a what was the word i'm looking for that does seem to be <laughs> pretentious bullshit, art stuff yeah, bullshit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so so yeah they did have like some kind of pretentious art element as well as oh, like yeah. you know death cult communist death cult <laughs> but the whole thing is presented as pretend it's the upper class pretension pretension he's 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 delved into it. he's made his he's made his fortune with pretentious upper class crap feeding them 
feeding them whatever garbage that he's cranking out of his kitchen that they think is posh and, and fashionable yeah. of the time. Is and he lost touch with his working class American hamburger joint roots. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know we'd all be better off if we just went back to working at the hamburger joint flipping yeah. burgers. You know, yeah. at the end of the day, all true joy and freedom is just is just not going after the rich. You just go back into the kitchen and cook me up a burger. That's where yeah. you'll find your passion in life. Yeah, yeah, you find your love and your community. Yeah. Yeah. You just get back in that kitchen, you cook. You yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I like the movie, actually. I, I think it's well done. I, I do think that there is a very capitalist liberal bias in the whole <laughs> thing that is just broad brush painted as they're approaching this. They're starting to touch on some class conscious elements with some of the dialogue and the villains especially but it's no ryan johnson ryan johnson seems to be a little more class conscious with his recent film like glass onion he seems to have elements of, of class consciousness there i wish that ryan johnson would have done the menu oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah and then ryan johnson did the last jedi too with some class consciousness in that as well yeah the last <laughs> Jedi, and that's one of the reasons the last jedi is one of my favorite star wars movies because it gave me that political meat hook there that i was yeah. looking for in star wars <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so do we have anything else we want to add to this tonight uh no no that's pretty much it thanks so what did you think <laughs> of the movie overall oh uh, yeah yeah i liked it yeah definitely uh and what's interesting is like it reminded me once like years ago like my wife and i went to like this island restaurant in Tonga, the nation yeah. of Tonga. <laughs> so and it was kind of similar, but not not as upper class, of course, but like still Tonga is a poor country. And so like it was like Western tourists that were like the people that were being served at this restaurant on this island. And so, you know, from Tongan standards, we were the upper class, you know, but oh, from yeah. American standards, we're all like, you know, regular working class people. So it's all relative. Well, that's about all we got time for today. Could you tell the listeners where they can find you online? So my writings are on uh, parenthesisi.blogspot.com and then at parenthesisi on Mastodon. And you can find me daily on the Wobblies and Wizards podcast. You search Wobblies and Wizards. We're on Facebook, search Wobblies and Wizards. I'm on Twitter and TikTok at Logar Hale Crom. And everyone has their own rebellion. Yes. Even even death cults <laughs> in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>